Hello, and welcome back to Batarang, the podcast where we bring you the Batman insights that others are too superstitious and cowardly to deliver. We're reviewing Batman the Animated Series. This week, Mad Science, Silver Age shenanigans, and Batman's entire rogues gallery all smashed together in one super episode of pulp nonsense. It's season one, episode 37, The Strange Secret of Bruce Wayne. Then, We crack open the Arkham Archives for a look at Dr. Hugo Strange's most strange adventures here on Batarang. And we're back. I am your host, Sam, here, as always, with our Batman expert, Brandon. I swallowed wrong, and I'm trying not to cough. <laughs> It'll be okay. That's uh, not a reference to the episode we watched. Brendan is actually drinking fluid, and that happened to them. <gasps> okay. I'll be okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Yep. So did you have a sound you were going to make for that? I was thinking I might just say sometimes a cigar is just a cigar. Sometimes you're Batman. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. I mean, it would have been right on time. Oh, no, it was it was way before that. No, shit. Now I'm getting my Clinton scandals confused with uh, my uh, my psychology. <laughs> I'm not going. You know, I'm just going to let that one roll by. That's fine. Okay. Sip. Well, we watched an episode of Batman the Animated Series. As it was we, yep, as we were wont to do. The strange secret. Of Bruce Wayne, uh, which is a great episode title, and it sounds like a pulp story from like the forties. Yeah, I could absolutely like imagine the the cover to this comic book, like Detective Comics number six hundred something, you know, and those words being brandished across the title, mm-hmm. and some sort of address directly to the reader of like check inside and find out the strange secret of Bruce Wayne and like I'm pretty sure is, is it that he's Batman because that's that's how that's what I've that's what I've been made to understand up to now uh-huh. <laughs> one of his many strange secrets uh, the uh, title card of this was rad A as hell <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's like this close up I guess it must have been Bruce Wayne yeah. but this face was red and he had like a skull and crossbones for his eye yeah and, it, and like it, that's that I don't want to say it oversells the episode, but it's not the direction this episode goes. No, but it does fucking rule. Yeah, <laughs> it was great. Which honestly, rule of cool beats it. Uh-huh. So, do um, do you want to do a twenty-two second summary before we before we take our walk through? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, and tell us about your childhood. Dr. Hugo Strange has a device that visualizes and records the thoughts of his patients, and he's using it to blackmail wealthy people. Uh, Bruce goes to Strange's resort to investigate, and Strange uses his machine to learn Batman's secret identity. Strange auctions off his tape to Joker, Two-Face, and Penguin, but Batman records a second tape that frames Strange. In the end, Gordon shows up and arrests everyone. Bam! 22. Okay. And... This judge is getting blackmailed on a bridge. Stupid place to go. You're much more likely to get noticed on a condemned bridge. Anyway, Batman pulls on that thread and decides, yes, I will go get my mind read. This is a good idea. And then the world's most nonsense auction happens. Batman punches some people in the head. Robin goes undercover, which is also dumb. (laughs) Yeah, as good as this episode is, the auction is total bullshit. (laughs) Yeah. We'll discuss. Nothing, nothing about this. Nothing. Remember when I said last time, like, this series routinely introduces groundbreaking, like, world-changing technology and then does nothing with it? Yep. Like, that is this episode. It's not the most egregious thing in this series, like, when time travel gets invented functionally. Mm. But, um, yeah. So, anyway, like I said, we uh, were watching 
Judge, uh, what, Marie Vargas? Yep. Uh, step out onto condemned Gotham Bridge? Yep. And we get a, like, crane shot, or, like, it would be, like, a drone shot, if it was real, like, right down onto the bridge with, like, this incredible music cue. Yep. Um, and, like, the bridge is all in, like, purple with, like, gray splotches, and it's just a great opening shot. It is, and you, you know, you see this woman, perfectly normal-looking woman, like, go out onto this bridge, and she has the color on her, you know, trench coat popped up, and as she's walking along, Batman sort of comes out of the, like, blackness of the suspension cables, Mm -hmm. and it looks so good. Yep. Uh, then we cut down to, like, street level, where she is meeting these gangsters, who are like just great characters, right? They're great. Yeah, they are top notch. Hey, <laughs> every bit as like shitty, boring assholes as the gangsters in Cat, um, like Cascarch Fever were. Yep. These are like on the money, like awesome gangster archetypes. Yes, absolutely. Uh, there's like the lead one who, whose name I don't know if they say but he's the yeah he's like that guy the Bugsy Malone type yeah, yeah. and then his colleague is uh, Numbers is his name that's right and his special ability is he can flip through a stack of bills and know exactly how much is there and what I love is flip through one stack of bills out of the briefcase mm-hmm. and that somehow rainmans the rest of the information into his head and like that that does mean that there is this is a superpower that is introduced here, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. Like it absolutely is, and I I love it when like superhero stories do this thing where like people will have superpowers that wouldn't make that much of a difference, mm-hmm. right? Like in um, my hero academia, like the main character's mom has telekinesis, but like she can just like. If she needs something that's across the room, she can just pop it over, mm-hmm. right? Like it would like be, four ounce telekinesis, right? It would have next to no, like no combat use, mm-hmm. right? So I I love it when they actually play out this idea of like the range of abilities that are that are possible, mm-hmm. and uh, and you know it's not a lot of fun is watching someone count money, right? <laughs> uh, but it is fun watching numbers, quote unquote, crunch it. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, now I want this guy's story. Yeah, he can go down to Bogota with Miles. <laughs> uh, so, uh, they're there to make a blackmail exchange. They have an incriminating tape of Judge Vargas, and she has um, tens of thousands of dollars. Not enough tens of thousands. Yeah, she's 20k short. Uh, they're like, okay, well, we're since you did this, we're going to make this chain next week instead, and it's going to be another 100k. Which, A, doesn't make any sense. Because uh, that's not how people getting money works. And secondly, is entirely realistic based on how I've interacted with, you know, banks and loans. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, my guess is she probably had to liquidate a lot of her, like, assets or retirement or whatever to get this. Right. And if she needs more, she'll have to take, like, a loan. Oh, yeah, lean against her house or some shit. Uh. Yeah, it's just, it's always funny to me when people are like... Yeah, this isn't enough money. I'm do- this is my Wells Fargo impression. Yeah, that's not enough <laughs> money. See, so we're gonna charge you more money. Okay, but if I already don't have it now, why do you think demanding that I give you more is going to make that appear? Yeah, it's a fee. <laughs> yeah, that didn't answer my question. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Some of you should go to jail. Uh, so, uh, she is like really upset obviously that they're not going to give her this incriminating tape um batman shows up to break up the the exchange um something so i'm not exactly sure what happens she gets conked or she's just overstimulated so the tape gets knocked off the bridge and falls on an i-beam right um does she go for it she goes for it which Watching it was like, okay, that's a dumb thing to do, but it also feels realistic. Like, yeah, she's not thinking this through. Mm -hmm. So she basically, like, jumps off the bridge, and they have a really, like, the sound effect of her head hitting this girder is just... I don't want to say, like, it's satisfying, but it's a really good, like, yes, that's what that would sound like. Right. Like, it makes you go, ooh. So this happens, and then she collapses on the girder and strikes this incredibly dramatic, um, like tableau with like the shape of her becomes this crazy triangle with like her her uh, coat swooping down yeah uh and it's just like a really great shot for like less than two seconds before yeah. she falls that's the thing is there are parts of this episode where the animation is not good um 
And, you know, they were just, they were selective where they spent their money. And I think they made the right choices Mm -hmm. that they had to make. Batman jumps down and and saves her. Yep. Uh, But the tape falls in the water and they can't Mm -hmm. recover it. So no telling what's on it. She's unconscious and can't can't explain. But uh, the camera is very, very certain to give us two shots of the car's license plate. Right? Which, I don't know, watching that, I'm like, oh, that's going to be important later. Um, and they don't do the thing where Batman like calls and is like, Alfred, I need you to run some plates for me. No, because Gordon shows up. Right, Gordon shows up. Um, and, yeah, Gordon's like, she's a perfectly upright judge. It's almost weird, actually. Um, I had dinner with her last week. She just came back from vacation. She seems so relaxed. Right. Um... And then, uh, and hey, the voice actor for Robin got paid for this episode because he flies in the bat plane. And uh, Baron's like, what I love is Baron basically says to Gordon, like, I'll figure it out. And I'm not, Jordan, Jesus, Gordon is like, what are you going to do? And at that point, I'm not sure if he means exactly. It's really both, right? How are you going to figure this out? Or you're jumping off a bridge. Where are you going, Batman? <laughs> um and the answer is up into the bat plane. Yes, because Robin is there hovering <laughs> yeah. uh, with the batwing is silent today. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Actually, there's a little bit of a white noise that, that uh, it has going. But not enough to alert Commissioner Gordon that there's a Harrier jet feet away from him. <laughs> uh, but with, yeah. its, with its safety blinkers going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so Batman goes up, a lo- goes up a line and gets in, into the plane. Uh, a couple things that I that we should point out. One, I think we glossed over that Gordon did run the plates and knows it's from the Yucca uh, Resort. Yeah, uh, and Batman is like, "That's a Daggett subsidiary." That's right. So yes, it's yes. it's Daggett again. It's it is once again. Although he's just like mentioned this episode, right? Yeah, uh, I was expecting him to appear, but he doesn't. Yeah. Uh, um, and also, we get a really nice lighting effect with a squad car with the with the cherry top mm-hmm. going, throwing the light onto Gordon, which looks good. Always looks good. Again, like something they did absolutely did not have to do, they just did. What I appreciate in at the very end of the sequence is Batman gets back up into the plane, and he and Robin just have a nice moment. Mm-hmm. Like you get the sense that like these two are like bros. Right. They they talk like friends. Right. Robin, do I seem stressed to you? You, Batman? No. Um, yeah, and it's just like, get out of town. He's like, I intend to. <laughs> and it's one of those things where it's like, the so often because like we know these characters coming into it, shows feel like they don't need us to like see those moments. Um, like, I'm watching Obi-Wan now. Yeah, yeah. Right? And what's really nice is like at toward the beginning of you know Revenge of the Sith, you've seen really nice moments between Anakin and Obi Wan, and if those weren't there, then this show wouldn't. Well, the third episode of Obi Wan, it doesn't work until this third episode, like at all. Um, you're like, okay, I understand why Obi Wan would be like this upset or have this much pathos around Anakin, mm-hmm. right? And a lot of times, Batman and Robin stories don't feel the need to like for us to see their relationship when it works. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. Cause, exactly. Because, like, if you want to spotlight their relationship, it makes sense to spotlight the tension. Because, mm-hmm. like, tension is interesting. Right. Um, but, yeah, this was a nice moment, you're right, where uh, you just, like, see them working together. And then Robin does come back again at the very end. In a very stupid way, which we'll get to. Yes. It's very funny. <laughs> um, so, Bruce Wayne checks himself into Dr. Hugo Strange's... Uh, I said it wrong. Hugo Strange's I think resort. they're both softies. Hujo Strange. <laughs> Huge Lestrange. <laughs> Hugh Lestrange. <laughs> oh, we. Oui. Uh, I didn't know Robin was French. Uh, oh. Croissant. Uh, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's the DC Doctor Strange. Yep. Totally different than the Marvel Doctor Strange. Totally different. Um, but I would say maybe equally strange. Uh, I mean, yeah. Strange in a different way. God, I... Now I'm imagining what if Jack Kirby had worked on, like, Batman ever. Like, what would that have looked like? Huh. Oh my god, that would have been so good. Uh-huh. Um, because Kirby's, like, D... Or we're going... To, we're doing this now. Like, Kirby's DC stuff is 
bizarre for a couple big reasons. Um, I mean, there's of course there's the like the fourth world stuff, right? right. The dark side and all that. Uh-huh. But then like he goes. I think I might have the timeline on this wrong, and I'm sure I'll hear from my friend Mike if it is. But like he does DC work and he does like the fourth world stuff. He goes over to Marvel, does like Thor, Silver Surfer, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Comes back to DC and they have him on Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen mm-hmm. and OMAC, which is like if you've never looked up OMAC, if you've never seen this online, if you don't know what I'm talking about, it it's stuff like OMAC is one man army corps. It's this dude with a like three foot high uh, mohawk. It the mohawk is blue. Um, there's a like assemble your own woman in like the first issue, and I don't I don't even know. It's bonkers. So if he'd been if he'd been let to do Batman, it would have just been you know. Yeah, Scarecrow just gave everyone in Gotham LSD. What now? Sure. Oh, it would have been so good. It would have been better than uh, anything that Scarecrow did in this series. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so, uh, Batman goes to the resort. Yes. Alfred is with him. Yep. He's dry, wet Alfred. Also, to your evening clothes, he has the... Uh, he just opens the suitcase and it's just the back suit. Just flashing it, flashing <laughs> it to the camera. <laughs> And Bruce Wayne's like, hell yeah. I can't fucking wait for this. <laughs> like, what? I mean, Grant, like, what if, what if they had, like, a bellhop help and, like, a bell, like, the, you know, bellboy or whatever drops this and it just pops open? Like, there's no, there's no added security on it. Nope. It's just the bat suit. It doesn't even have a combination lock or anything. It's just bat suit in a suitcase. <laughs> It's just a keypad. But, like, that's not the top ten most careless things Bruce Wayne has done in the series. In this episode. <laughs> yes. Yes. He goes, like, totally off the rails in, like, the next scene. I, I can't but wonder if, if, like, if the thinking... Okay, there wasn't any thinking. But let's, I mean, let's tease this one out. I like to think that Bruce says, this guy doesn't even have, like, a shtick. This will be a walk in the park. Uh This will be fine. I don't have to bring my A game to this. Right. This will be relaxing. Right. Here's my, this bullshit guy, this bullshit resort. Let's see what he does. Yeah, exactly. Let's see what his deal is. Yeah. And and boy, how he... Uh, yeah, he had, like he has a good deal. Yep. Uh, he has this machine that he's yes. built that you hook it up to somebody's head mm-hmm. and then you talk to them. You don't even hook it up. They are just next to a couple diodes. Right. They're like sensors like an inch from your skull. Right? <laughs> That's it. Uh, and like you lie there and he talks to you. And as he talks to you, you can't help but think of the things he's talking to you about. Right. And they appear on a giant screen. So let me get this. Well, okay. So yes, it visualizes your dreams, right? Or your, your thoughts, thoughts, right? Couple things here. Firstly, in Dreams and Darkness, right, it's um, Mad Hatter knows that his machine like makes you dream, but he can't see the dreams, right? Right, which means that this is actually fairly accessible technology, right? Accessible in what sense? And that, like, Mad Hatter and Hugo Strange have eh, more or less the same machine, right? right? That's well, a lot of dream, like, visualization, mind stuff going on. I'm just saying that is wild. Yes. There's a lot of super science in and around Gotham City. Yes. And one of the things that the super science can do trivially is mess with your mind. Read minds. Read it. Control it. Project it. Like somebody had some breakthrough that is now commonplace among super scientists at least. My other favorite thing about how stupid this is, is, um, well, I mean, for one, one thing is it records them to VHS. Uh-huh. <laughs> a, so, a special small VHS. Right. It's like a mini DVD. It's like their, their own format. Right. It's, is it a, it's a Betamax. Is it a Betamax? Uh, well, I mean, I don't think like specifically, but like it's, so it's smaller than a VHS, but it's bigger than a mini DV. Yeah. It's like two thirds scale yeah. to a VHS. Um, Anyway, the thing that I love most about it is, again, I would like to point out, Batman is the world's greatest detective. He comes in and says, 
it was visualizing my thought. Bruce, if you had turned around in the chair, you would have known this. Yeah. It's right there. It wasn't hidden from you. Right. You were. You just happened to be lying down. The other direction. The other direction. And as you're there to investigate, you didn't think to look over your shoulder. The world's greatest martial artist has that much situational awareness. I have to get another beer. This is shenanigans. Don't pause it. I find that this is going to be... This is too good. It's too good. Ugh. Oh. Okay, God. maybe you heard him muttering from the other room. It was on the uh, on the levels, so yeah. Uh, so as dumb as the premise is, the actual visualization is it's awesome. Bad. Yeah, the only thing that bugs me about it is, like is so often the case, when TV represents someone's like thoughts or dreams of themselves, it's third person camera. A lot of the time. Mm. Like, Bruce sees himself kneeling in the alley, which I guess, like, I don't know, dreams can do, but memories generally don't. Yeah. Like, most of the time, TV just reuses footage. I'm like, okay, but then, like, wouldn't it be from my point of view if I'm this character? Yeah, and they don't bother with that much in this. There's a couple first-person yeah. shots in it. But, like, it's uh, it's not a direct recollection of what right. happened. Yeah. It's how he thinks about what happened. Right. And that point is actually made pretty well with Hugo Strange being like, oh, your parents. Uh, I don't know why this weird Austrio, like, Franco-Austrian. Anyway, Strange is like, oh, your parents were killed. Um, and Bruce rightly says, like, everyone knows that. Mm -hmm. But not everyone knows how you feel about it. I'm like, you don't have to be, like a shrink to know like he probably feels bad about it yeah actually did you know survivor's guilt is a thing oh well he's just fishing for things that he could possibly blackmail bruce wayne about and boy howdy does does he find it yeah because there's the moon and the moon turns into a bat symbol and batman's clenched fist punches up <laughs> as bruce wayne yells i, I wanted, wanted revenge, revenge. <laughs> 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 it was so good and there's another scene of him in the graveyard with like gravestones that rise up and like tower above him and he's surrounded by them it's so good and um, like all like red um just really really great uh <sighs> images <laughs> Yep. Um, the disembodied floating gun with, like, nobody holding oh it. Oh, my God. Yeah, that was, like, that walked right up to the edge of Goofy. Mm -hmm. I'm just like, this works. This yep. works for me so well. Right. Because, um, like, that's how Bruce thinks about it. Yeah. Like, it's not even about the person. <laughs> right. Um, and then Bruce pretty promptly says, fuck this. I'm going to go do one-armed push-ups so I feel better. <laughs> uh, so he does that. Uh, Alfred is looking out the window. He sees Hugo Strange leaving in a car. Uh, I think we get a scene with with Strange watching the tape mm -hmm. or, or like writing down what it is. But like we know that he knows. Yeah. But he doesn't know that we know that he knows because we're the audience and he's a character. Right. That's right. true. That is how <laughs> fiction tends to work. Not always though. And boy, is that unsettling. Right. Uh, and but soon Bruce Wayne knows that he knows. Right. But luckily. He doesn't know that Bruce Wayne knows that he knows. Right. <laughs> Which I can only follow because I've also read Silver Age comics. And like we alluded to earlier, this is such a Silver Agey kind of story. Mm -hmm. um, because the DC superhero is terrifically smug because they work out a plan that should not should not succeed. Yep. Um, yes. But anyway, Bruce Wayne goes to Snoopin. <laughs> Um, I forget if he even bothers to dress as Batman or if he's... No, he's, drew, he's got his tactical turtleneck on. Thank you. <laughs> the gray tactical turtleneck. Uh, he snoops. Uh, yep. He break. He, you know, hairpin breaks into the office. There's a lot of... Yeah, there's a lot of Bruce Wayne using pins in this episode. I'm here for it. I like that shit. Yeah. I mean, not a lot. It's twice, but I don't know. For a 22-minute episode, that's yeah. a pretty strong ratio. Yeah, it's like once every 10 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he goes, he finds everyone's tapes. He's like, oh, shit, I get it. He's been recording all this. He's blackmailing these people. Oh, wait a minute. What was I thinking about just now? <laughs> fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck, oh, fuck. And then he reaches in and he takes out his tape and he opens it up and the tape is gone. Yep. Um... And again, like, what, firstly, why did he think, why didn't, I don't know, if, if I'm Bruce Wayne, I send Alfred to take the treatment, right? Like, what's, like, 
if they're talking about Alfred, how much does he have to give away? Well, he knows who Bruce that Bruce Wayne is Batman. I know, but he. I wouldn't do it being Batman. That's my point. Yeah, but he didn't know what the treatment was. Yeah. Um, right. It, it could have been like, we're going to make you do cuckoo things and record it. Like, Yeah, they didn't have... Um, he didn't have the internet. He couldn't just look it up. Right. He couldn't check their webpage. No. No. Uh, of course not. And it wasn't in the brochure. So, uh, meanwhile... Hugo Strange has gone to, an, for some reason, an off-site location where he's going to call all the Batman villains up. I or did he make the calls before he left? I don't. Whatever. Either um, way, he gets the Joker's answering machine. <laughs> this this episode is fucking fantastic for Joker bits. Yes, it is. Like I realized watching it, like you can have like a really really good story where the Joker is like front and center. Mm-hmm. Um. But like Batman, it's almost easier to tell a better story if the Joker is, like, half a step removed from the main character. Yeah. Right? Because he gets to swoop in, be crazy, mm-hmm. and you actually have a kind of a better sense of how how nutsoid he is. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, partly because, like, if you're watching, like, the Joker's arc, you can follow his logic but if he just pops in and starts being crazy at a clumsy bellboy, mm-hmm. you know, like is in this episode. Uh-huh. It's, I mean, it's one of the gangsters. Right. And I think it was numbers. Sure, yeah. <laughs> I just wanted to flip through things. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Hugo Strange calls the Joker and assures him that it was not easy getting his number. But don't worry that that was Yakov Smirnoff <laughs> again <laughs> god damn it um, uh, the Joker's answering machine by the way is priceless yeah <laughs> uh, it's like this funny uh, outgoing message oh, oh boy did you get the wrong number <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> uh, but said as Mark Hamill's Joker which is just perfect yeah we'll let you imagine it mm-hmm. watch the episode mm-hmm. um, but they uh, uh, they land like a, a really cool looking 40s style or 30s style um like stainless steel riveted together airplane with propellers lands at this desert airfield yeah but the camera couldn't pan anymore to the left or we would have seen the set of batman cool hand luke right right (laughs) (laughs) like uh, this apparently is just the desert next to gotham right um yeah uh, and uh, the Joker gets off first, mm-hmm. and then Two Face comes out, and then the Penguin comes out, and we get a little dips little bit of stick, a little bit of stick for each, a little hint of their theme for each one. It's like, here we go, guys. Here's all the villains. Let's see what they do. <laughs> right. Uh, and we are here for it. Yeah. Um, they check into this to the hotel, basically. Yeah. Uh, go to a big auditorium, um, and at some point, Batman gets uh, gets or Bruce. Is he Bruce or Batman? He's Bruce because he's still like... He's so Bruce still, yeah. He's Bruce because he's doing something with the machine and he's on the radio with Alfred and Alfred is like, oh shit, oh fuck me. Like, <laughs> <laughs> hey, hey, two of your most dangerous villains and the Penguin are here. So, and Batman's like, all right, I better act fast then and Bruce takes a fire extinguisher and smashes the shit out of this giant machine <clears throat> which then catches fire but then the thugs come in get the drop on Bruce uh, and chain him up. Right. Uh, They drag him and Alfred to a back room uh, and Alfred is like, well, we're in a spot of bother. And Bruce is like, believe it or not, this is exactly what I wanted to happen. And I love that they're like, okay, Alfred can get tied up with rope, but Bruce Wayne, he's already shown himself to be, uh, you know, snip, like, lock-picky kind of guy. Mm-hmm. So, chains. Yep. Chains for him. With a prominent lock right, right in the center. <clears throat> um, also, I, what I really, that's what I mean by like this being a very Silver age thing. Mm-hmm. is like, everything's going exactly according to plan. Uh-huh. Oh, good. Uh-huh. <laughs> I feel so much safer. Like, it's... Again, it's... This is a bit more of a Superman thing, but, yeah, the, the Silver age like... Joke will be on them. I, they're just so smarmy. Yep. And I kind of love it. I also loved it. <laughs> uh, so Bruce leans down, bites his sweater, and pulls out a pin that was in there. Then he uh, uses that pin with his mouth to pick the lock yep. on his chains. Of course. 
Uh, and then he uh, he's off. Meanwhile, <laughs> Alfred, try uh, try to keep circulation going to your feet. I'll be back for you later. I, I assume he also gets Alfred out. <laughs> One must. And then Alfred coordinates the back end of this, right? Because there's like part two of the plan that yeah. needs to happen. Um, but yeah, Batman then goes crashes the auction. Now we need to talk about the auction. Now, oh god, there's so much to talk about the auction. Before I forget, there is a moment where. Joker pisses off Two-Face and Two-Face says, get out of my face. And Joker says, which one? And either we are meant to understand that Two-Face is angry because Joker made fun of him having two faces mm-hmm. or Two-Face is angry because he didn't say, get out of my faces. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it, I should have thought of that. Uh-huh. uh-huh. But uh, yeah. Yeah, it, it is good stuff. <laughs> the villains are all there. Joker's eating popcorn. Um, the, uh, Hugo Strange announces that he has tape of the secret identity of Batman Mm -hmm. and he's going to auction it off. They start bidding 500,000, a million, 3 million. Yeah. But then the Joker stops the auction. Right. Because he has a brilliant plan to make it much more expensive for all of them. Right. right. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So a few things. Um, the bit where they like add up all their money and Joker says, and 53 cents. Yes, that was choice. Very good. But um, why do they care which of them gets it? Mm-hmm. Gets the. So, okay. Actually, even before then, Hugo Strange says, I have definitive proof of the identity of the Batman. And he holds up the cassette and it says Bruce Wayne on it. <laughs> so, like, why don't they just say, like, it says Bruce Wayne. I, um, uh, no, it doesn't. Yeah, no, we saw it. It's just that. Yeah. So. Well, they're not in the mood to read, I guess. I guess. Reading's hard. Uh-huh. Um, so there's that. There's, yes, it makes it much more expensive for all of them. Yeah, because Joker's like, we don't need to fight over this. We can pool our resources and do it together. And by that, he means they put every dollar they brought in a pile and just give it to Hugo Strange. Right. When he could have been like... You know what? We're not going to bet against each other. We'll we'll each give you $333,000. That's a million. Give us the fucking tape. Right. And, I mean, granted, like, Two-Face would be like, can I give him $222,000? But I take your point. <laughs> like, we got to make it two million. <laughs> I got, can't, I got can't, a thing. Janet, Harv, you're costing us a lot of money. <laughs> uh, it's coming out of your share. Yeah. Um, also, they could have just... Killed him. And taken the tape. <laughs> like, that's the part of this that is wildest to me, is what are we supposed to believe his two, like, you know, strangest two extra thugs are going to be enough to deal with the Joker. Mm-hmm. Like, just alone, the Joker. <laughs> yeah, not to mention Two-Face and the Penguin. <laughs> right. And it's the Penguin who fires first. Oh. Um... But I got kind of got the sense that Joker at least appreciated the situation for what it was. Yeah, well, I mean, Joker is here for the drama. Mm-hmm. He literally brought popcorn, right? Which is a which is a running joke across years of like Dini cartoons, mm-hmm. uh, or I should say Bruce Tim cartoons with the Joker. So love it, love it, love it. Yep. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, yeah. They, they do pull their money. They pay it. Hugo Strange is very happy to roll the tape, except Batman is in the rafters and he has hacked the AV equipment by unplugging and replugging it into a separate tape. Yeah. Which is a tape that he snuck in and made with his own thoughts of just thinking about an, an, a separate scenario. Right. Uh, so they roll it and it's Bruce Wayne imagined Hugo Strange and his thugs in the room with the machine saying uh, we're geniuses I can use this machine to imagine anyone I want as Batman and then I'll sell the tape to these idiots and they'll pay me for it right again it's basically the same shtick from Batman Returns right (laughs) Uh, and then except this time it's a fake recording instead of a real recording Uh, and uh, he's like that was the wrong tape (laughs) <laughs> and Penguin shoots it, shoots and explodes the real yeah. tape, right? Yeah. Out of his hand. Um, so, yeah. And then <laughs> so Hugo realizes what he and his weird-shaped head just did. Yep. Yep. He's like, I am fucking dead. <laughs> uh, and I don't know. There's like... 
Oh, I mean, then they just basically get in a fight. It cuts to outside, and we see, like, the muzzle flashes in the windows. Yeah, because they're chasing him out of the building. Uh, he's running away with his thugs. They they nab him. They get him on this uh, 1930s-style air, prop airplane. Right. Uh, they take off. The Joker's like, time to fly the unfriendly skies. Love it. Uh, Joker is the pilot. He has pilot wings that say Cruncho Serial Junior Air Command on them. (laughs) (laughs) And this massive grin. He's like ecstatic. (laughs) It's like it was worth it for him to do, to go to this remote location, pay, like lose money, like all of it so he could do this. Yes. 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 (laughs) Uh, They take off. Batman is on the bottom of the plane. Um, they are going to throw Hugo Strange out the door. And remember how he got on the plane? Who? How Batman got on there? How? He he stood... So Alfred's driving Bruce Wayne's car, mm. and Batman is standing on the running board, mm. right? Remember, remember, we said that having the Batsuit in a case is not the dumbest thing. He, like, that's it. It's the third dumbest thing. Right, like... Once again, hey, what's Batman doing in or on Bruce Wayne's car? Being driven by Bruce Wayne's butler. Jesus crust. Uh, so he gets on the plane. They're going to throw Hugo Strange out, except Batman has cut the fuel line. <laughs> he punched into the plane and tore it with his hands. Yes, which was enough to drain the fuel fast enough for the plane <clears throat> to need to make an emergency landing that second. Sure. Whatever. Yeah. Um, so also planes can glide. I don't know if they know that. Well, it does glide. That's why it doesn't crash. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah. Uh, so they make an emergency landing. Uh, they get out. Everyone survives the emergency landing. Um, it's a euphemism for a crash. Uh, and then we get, I was pumped for this. Do you know what I'm about to say? Mm -hmm. The second appearance of a Gotham city police blimp. Yes. The dirigible is up there. I do remember. Yeah. I'm like, Oh, the dirigible shows up. Sam's going to be so excited. I was. And, and I, I want to fast forward to remember. So when I said like the animation isn't always good Mm -hmm. when they're running around with the money, right. And they're doing like the scuffle between strange and the supervillains. Um, they didn't really do enough in-between frames for them running because there's so much going on on the screen between mm-hmm. the characters running and the money fluttering around. Right. So it just kind of cuts between them and it's fine. Like, it's choppy animation. But then when the dirigible takes off, it just kind of goes whoop up the screen. It's, it's just like when Poochie dies on The Simpsons. They just hold the cell up. The the GCP dirigible died on the, on the way back to its home planet. Yep. <laughs> uh, there were some other Joker bits I wanted to call yeah. out before we get to that real Denamont. Uh There was one where, like, when the fuel line is cut and the plane starts to go down, he goes, ah, nothing is the same after deregulation. Right, I'm like... Is that a Reagan joke? Yeah. Yeah, I'm like, wow, even Joker thinks Reagan was wrong. <laughs> Uh, so like, I'm not sure if that hit with ten uh, year olds in, in 1992 or three. I mean, God, Tiny Toon Adventures even had like it had so much Reagan and Clinton shtick. Mm-hmm. So they were not worried about it. Yeah, but they knew that uh, George H W Bush was not funny, so there was no George Bush jokes. <laughs> no, I, I mean, I'm gonna ask you to walk that back because there's that episode where he becomes the Simpsons neighbor. That wasn't the Animaniacs or Tiny Toons. Right. I'm just saying that like. George H.W. Bush can be, like, funny if he's made the butt of a joke. Yes. Yes. Uh, But it was mostly him having to deal with Homer Simpson being his neighbor. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you're right. It's mostly the Homer show in that instance. Honestly, that episode of The Simpsons made me uh, like George H.W. Bush a lot more. Mm -hmm. Uh, Which, in retrospect, uh, probably was not earned. (laughs) In fact. um, So, anyway. Yes. So... (laughs) Even Joker knows that airlines should be regulated, even while he, without a pilot's license, flies an unregistered airplane. Yep. Yep. Uh, So, uh, that is about it, except as he's being dragged off in cuffs, Mm -hmm. Hugo Strange says, None of this matters. Your secret will be out soon. Everyone will know that Bruce Wayne is Batman. And, but then, Bruce Wayne walks up. For reasons. Yes. (laughs) Uh, and Batman is like, 
I knew the whole time what was going on. That's why I worked with Bruce Wayne to get him to come to your thing. Uh, and this was all a big setup between me and Bruce Wayne. I told him to imagine all that bullshit. Right. And I, uh, I don't think Hugo Strange even answers to that. He's just like <laughs> no, in disbelief. He's like, what the? But me, me. Yeah. But the audience is left to be like, well, wait a minute. If that's Bruce and that's Batman, then until we discover until yeah until Bruce Bruce Wayne uh, you can hear the scarecrows there starts speaking with Robin's voice and then he like pulls off the Mission Impossible style mask and hikes up his pants to uh, about Millhouse levels to show his like you know leg extender booster yeah booster seat so he'd be taller and like you know wouldn't it have been easier to put you know put Robin in a mask, like put the mask, that one character wears a mask. Seems like the mask would be the way to go. It would, it would. And yet. That's not what happens. Nope. I guess, uh, yeah, let's, let's not think it through. No, no. Uh, one other bit that I missed is when Doctor Strange tries to tell the villains that it's Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne, Bruce Wayne is Batman. Uh, <laughs> Two-Face. That's absurd. I know Bruce Wayne. <laughs> if he's Batman, I'm the king of England. Yep. And uh, and I expected Joker to do something with that, but nah. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Maybe make some crack about the Irish problem. I don't know. He um, is making a lot of dated references. Right. And he did already make, you know, he's Irish. He said so. Right. <laughs> Great, Scott. Um... So, yeah, uh, I mean, that's pretty much it. You know, our heroes have a good laugh and then fly home. Yep. Yep. So how do we want to rank this one? Uh, I rank this as like probably three quarters up. It's in that tier of really good episodes that aren't high art. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's up there. It's probably probably in the top 10. And this is number 36. So like upper third or maybe upper quartile. Yeah, I would agree with that. Like it's not, like you said, it's not getting like the emotional center of, you know, um, Two-Face, Pretty Poison, whatever. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's got, like most of this series is like, either very grounded or very sci-fi, mm-hmm. right? This one is that weird, fun, sort of like um, mid-century superhero story mix of like, oh, well, we'll do some pulpy shenanigans. Right. right? And like we have kind of critiqued episodes before of being like great pulp stories, but like why does Batman need to be here? Where's the villains? But this is a great kooky pulp story with a pulp sci-fi villain a pulp sci-fi machine, very Silver Age trappings, mm-hmm. but then it's all about Batman, right. it's all about Bruce Wayne, and you get three Batman villains. <laughs> Each of them marching off the plane in order, you know? Yeah. This is this is my character, Shtick. Ba-da-da-dum, ba-dum, ba-dum. Um, yeah, so... Yeah. So, fucking fantastic. Like, it's up there, like, rubbing shoulders with, like, laughing fish and, like, those right. episodes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, body count. Um, I don't know. I'm willing to say that Judge Vargas would have survived. So yep, yep. I'm good with a zero. Um, cool. And you know, I just before we get into um any interview questions, just let's check the Arkham archives. The Ar- archives. Um, or did you want to talk about Hugo Strange in the interview? Uh, no. Because okay. you told me in advance that you had an Arkham Kai for Hugo Strange. Yeah. So I didn't prepare any questions. So, there's not, like, a lot... So, the thing is, like, Hugo Strange... Should we tell the people what Arkham Kai's are? Yeah, yeah. So this is our bit where I tell you, to, like... I tell you uh, a story that, honest to God, got published in the Batman Mythos, or I straight up recommend one. This is not me recommending, because, oh my God. Um, Hugo Strange first shows up in, like, the 40s... Figures out who Batman is, tries to blackmail him, um, and, like, tries to poison all of Gotham. A lot of that going on. Mm-hmm. Um, Did but, any, has any Batman villain not tried to poison all of Gotham? Um, Catwoman, maybe? Kite Man. Kite Man. <laughs> <laughs> Condiment King. Um, crazy Quilt. Uh, so, yeah, he's there. Um... 
but apparently died. Hugo Strange then goes unused until the 70s mm-hmm. because he's not like on his face, he's not that interesting a character. No, he's just a, a wacky scientist dude. Right. Um, he figures out. Uh, With a great name, though. Yeah. Um, and played in Fox's Gotham series by B.D. Wong, who's, you know, pretty great character actor. Cool. Um, ding, ding. So, uh, <laughs> that's uh, that's the change getting paid in, like, the celebrity slot machine. I have to pay B.D. Wong every time I mention him. Um, no, it was B.D. Wong paying you for plucking him. That's out. right. Um, <laughs> I hardly know him. <laughs> anyway, um, so... Strange shows up again in the 70s, and you get these stories of, like, him saying... Like, a huge afro. <laughs> Great big bushy beard! Um, and he's like, okay, I figured out, like, he's brought in by the villains to be like, do a, do a cycle, like, do the FBI profiling thing for Batman. Mm-hmm. He figures out Bruce Wayne's Batman. Mm-hmm. There are stories where he's like, you know, I could Batman better than Batman. So you see those stories of, like, Hugo Strange being a brilliant psychiatrist and lifting a lot mm-hmm. <laughs> and be- becoming peak physical condition. So wait, why does he want a Batman better than Batman? Does he want to defend Gotham from criminals? It's more of like he exists more in like the like being a psychiatrist, he wants to like eliminate like criminal insanity okay it's the same thing that shows up in the arkham city game Mm. where he pushes for like arkham city this like basically entire borough of gotham to be turned into a prison um and then he just tries to kill everyone there um it's rough Mm. but i'm not gonna i mean it doesn't i don't know it's dumb um that part doesn't make sense or at least it never has to me but what i really love about it is that he, um, so I don't know, Batman fought this guy called Dr. Phosphorus. Hugo Strange saw that he, um, like, both Batman and Bruce Wayne were, like, radioactive because reasons. Again, this is the 70s, so it's after, like, the reboot. So. So they're radioactive? Look, I'm gonna. Gonna go ahead and tell, like, there's a lot of weird ass details here. Um, I'm just gonna go off the, off the rails. There's also a, an old Batman cartoon, um, like the '60s cartoon, where Catwoman irradiates Batman and Robin, and then she hangs out at apparently the only polling location in Gotham City, being like, "Well, Batman and Robin are good citizens, so I'll just sit here with my like radioactive specs." And whoever comes in irradiated is Batman and Robin because yep. she knows that they'll vote. Right, exactly. <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> um, which honestly is basically what Batman does with the tapes in this episode, right? Is it? I mean, kinda. How? Um, because honestly, I misunderstood what was going on because uh, I guess I wasn't paying very close attention or I was very hungry this morning or whatever. Okay. I thought. Bruce was just going to replicate the, um, the, like, I'm Batman thing, but on a bunch of the tapes. Oh. Um, huh. or at least that's where my mind went. Ah. Point being. I um, thought he was going to switch them uh, like a uh, pickpocket. Right, yeah, yeah. But he didn't. He didn't but, do any of that. He used his um, AV skills. <laughs> um, anyway, so, blah, blah, blah. The point is, Rupert Thorne gets involved in this thing with Hugo Strange, of um, course, why he, wouldn't he? Right, and he has um, Hugo Strange pisses him off, and Thorne's men beat him to death. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he's in peak physical condition. Or? Even though, well, see what he actually does is he uses yoga to to slow his heart so he appears dead, and then he uses like projectors and shit to convince Rupert Thorne that Hugo Strange's <laughs> ghost is haunting him. Uh huh. I mean, that's about it, actually. That's uh, pretty fucking convoluted. Yeah, that it really is. So did he did he intend and expect Rupert Thorne to show up to murder him? Was that his plan? I mean, I, I guess. Or he's just like, once he got that second kick to the gut, he's like, oh, what did I learn in Shavasana? That's right. Yeah. 
He's like, this is going badly. Activate Plan Omega. <laughs> <laughs> um, honestly, like, I just had to draw out that bit from the Arkham Archives and be like, look at this crazy thing that they thought was a thing in the 70s. Was playing dead to pretend to be your own ghost to scare a crime boss. Wasn't there another character who also pretended to be dead and yes. slowed his heart rate to nothing? Yes, we, we Lord, talk- Lord Deathman. That's right. We talked about him, like, a couple months ago. Right. But um, but he's from the the manga, right? Um, so these two things happened independent of each other. Uh huh. Um, so was there a cultural thing that happened in like the early twentieth century where people were faking their own deaths in movies or books a lot? Because um, around the seventies. I feel like this became a thing. Um, there's like multiple spells in Dungeons and Dragons that do it. Mm-hmm. Um, it was also one of the prevailing theories, uh, like explaining away like Christianity and saying that like Christ did not actually die; he just faked his own death through chemistry. Yeah, and there was like all these famous yogis who like were showing their they're like controlling their vital signs in hospital settings for yeah. studies. And, yeah. Uh, there was like a weird moment for like stopping your your heart deliberately. Uh, yeah, I think it's one of those like sort of new age like seventies. We're suddenly interested in yoga so much so that yoga comes up in the pina colada song. Uh-huh. Um, well, that's like a yuppie thing. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, uh, one other thing is part of that whole storyline. Mm-hmm. Um, the reason I do remember now the reason or the way Hugo Strange like ended up pissing off Rupert Thorne is this auction scene happened in the comics. The difference was it was Joker, Penguin, and Thorn, which Two-Face is just a much better choice. But yeah. Yeah. Yep. Cool. And a little known fact, five years after Catwoman irradiated them, Batman and Robin both died of pancreatic cancer. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. All right. (laughs) So I think that'll do us. Thanks for tuning in. If you liked this and you want to hear more of us talking about Batman the Animated Series, you're going to want to tune into all of our back episodes first. Yep. But after that, tune into next week's episode because we're going to handle a two-parter. Yes. Heart of Steel, part one and two. I think we're going to squish them into a blockbuster episode. Yeah, I mean, I I remember this on my last rewatch. There hasn't been that many, in my defense. Um, and it's like, it's it's good. Like, it's a cool story. Um, but it's not one of the showstoppers. Yeah. Uh, it's about robots. So maybe we should have saved my interview about robots for this episode instead there, of the second episode. There's more. There's always more robot robot shenanigans. Yeah, so we will we will dig up plenty of nice robot facts for you. Uh, so tune in for that. Same battering time, same battering channel. It is just a cigar, though. <laughs>